Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. So today, welcome. I'm going to be talking to Zoe Monday. And Zoe has been practicing zero waste for over five years. She's helped establish a zero waste shop in South Sea, practicing making her own toothpaste, and she's hosted a workshop for doing so. She has great ambitions to become a sustainability consultant, and she's currently a biologist working for a biology technician for one of the most prestigious schools in the world. So we're going to be talking about how we can reduce our own footprint, our own carbon footprint, and why that's important. So let's uh, get started and have a chat with Zoe. Welcome, Zoe. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you very much. So let's get chatting. Let's get talking about this subject. It's a massive subject. The whole like, do I recycle? Don't I recycle? Environmental impact? What I can do? How how does that really help the world? Um, And and so much more. It's a a huge conversation, right? It's it's not a 20 minute, half an hour podcast. We could do (laughs) probably like several shows just on this one subject. Um, but let's delve in and just start off. Tell me a little bit about the background. Um, you did marine biology at school, at university. So just so it, was, um, it was just straight biology. Straight biology. OK, but you learn about marine life. Mm-hmm. So what what did you learn there? What, what, what sort of sparked your interest to make you think, oh, my God, I need to maybe make some changes? Uh, so we were learning a lot about plastic pollution and um, the impacts that Um, marine pollutants have on marine life and uh, I ended up kind of getting involved in beach cleans as well and uh, there's there was a lot of charities around Portsmouth so uh, Solent's I think final straw or last straw there's a few charities around there that um, try and encourage more beach cleans but yeah it was just learning through those courses and those those lessons the amount of impact that it has and I think it's always been at the back of my mind about what we can do to make an impact and make a change. Um, but I think you get more of an understanding, more of an appreciation when you understand something more. Definitely. So it's, it's great when you get to have an insight of the world. It can be a bit of a double-edged sword as well because you learn more, that, but then you get more sad because you realise that it's a bigger problem than you first realised. So. Sure. But uh, yeah. it's, it's great because it's empowering and it's, it's really good to know this stuff. OK, so for those of us um, that might not understand how the two go together, like how do plastics and marine life, mm-hmm. what, how, how do they coincide? I mean, the plastics, they, they go into landfill. So why are we talking about the ocean? So um, they, they always say that every, everything leads into the ocean. So uh, you get a lot of uh, as, as good as it is to kind of you have the landfills and you have it all contained it's never really fully contained there was a documentary that I watched I can't remember what it was called but it it showed how there were landfills that were very close to the ocean and through the coastal erosion all of that plastic and all of that rubbish is now getting dragged back into the sea again but it's it's companies that are dumping things in the ocean so the um the marine liners the kind of oil tankers and, and companies like that uh things get dumped into the rivers 
things on the beaches when people go and have a picnic and they leave things it all gets washed into the ocean and you've got these massive you've got this massive uh pacific garbage patch i don't know if you mm, i have heard of that it's yeah huge so that's and- not in the uk right that typically when we i know that sewage companies put mm. sewage into into the sea right yeah which is quite disgusting when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's often treated water, isn't it? I, I, I like to think, I hope it's not like a literal sewage going into the sea. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know enough about this subject to, to, know, to know that, but mm-hmm. obviously is it, it's more like China and Asia area that they literally do dump rubbish into the sea. Yeah, and it comes down to education because a lot of the countries that have these issues, they... They, they're just not aware of the impact that they're having because so for them it's normal so you go to places like Thailand and Vietnam and they're just dumping things in the rivers and they don't think anything of it but us as a um, more economically developed country should know better um, mm. you'll have people dumping rubbish on the street even though we've got bins and um, people just throw things away and they just don't think anything of it but mm. the raw sewage that you mentioned there was actually a petition recently that managed to stop Thames water from dumping sewage into the Solent um, so and it's crazy because it still happens and you just think why would they why surely would they? not surely that wouldn't be happening yeah you'd think it was illegal or something but um, but yeah they're still doing it so yeah it's crazy so what have you, since, since learning that and doing biology at uni, uni, what have you gone on to do yourself personally? You've had that sort of epiphany, that education, and probably like it's a bit of an Aladdin's cave, like you're opening up this massive, yeah. gosh, all this stuff I didn't really realise. So what have you personally gone on to do and achieving since then? Uh, just doing a lot of research around it, joining uh, local groups that are also passionate about reducing their carbon footprint and their waste impact. And um, there was this group that I joined in Portsmouth called Zero Waste Portsmouth. And uh, we ended up, uh, I ended up kind of joining them and we helped build Portsmouth's first zero waste supermarket called Package Free Larder. Oh, so, wow. Um, <laughs> but um and it's great and, and it's community led and everything is zero waste. You bring your own containers, you weigh your container, add what you want. And it's just trying to encourage the community to be more zero waste and in getting involved in beach cleans and just trying to reduce my own carbon footprint. So I started making my own toothpaste um, I try and research ways of using you can use foods as makeup and so wow can you like what pardon like what have you got anything like cocoa powder as a bronzer um and I think you can kind of mix the flour and the cocoa powder to get the color that you want and then you can use that as bronzer oh cool (laughs) yeah so there's loads of loads of ways of kind of helping and, and doing your part amazing and so um just coming back to like how you live your life right now so do you how do you buy things I mean I suppose I should take a back take a step back a little bit and talk about more about consumerism because this is a a subject that I'm quite passionate about in that we're trained or taught in financial service sense by financial service professionals I was even listening to something on the radio the other day and it almost talked about you need to take this finance out to get this car because it then means that you will have this lovely life And we're taught that if we buy loads of things, we have a happy life. And we're taught that 
as women we have massive buying power and as an mm. industry um you know you mentioned makeup that is a multi-billion pound industry before yeah. you even talk about hair or clothes or accessories shoes mm. and everything else on top of um and we're almost um, encouraged by those industries to spend money with them of course there's this mass consumerism and it's almost i, I hear i hear quite a lot in sort of the cycles that cycles circles that I work in it's like in from a business sense once you've achieved certain milestones you celebrate that and you go and buy something um and it might be a designer handbag or as an example and there's no judgment like if that's what makes you happy if that's what you know floats your boat you've you know worked hard you've achieved certain milestones you can something you've never thought you dreamt of achieving or affording of course then go go and buy that handbag right because you know that's that's what makes you happy but where do you draw draw the line in mass consumerism over the mm. fact that do you really need a 10th or an 11th handbag and there's mm. actually one particular coach I know is that when she buys a new handbag she sells the old handbag um as, as like an auction and gives that money to charity so it's like a which I quite like is like a like flip on the consumerism element, but she's still getting the nice handbags, but it's not like she's just collecting wardrobes and wardrobes of more bags and more clothes, which yeah. if that's what floats your boat, again, there's no judgment, but we have to ask the question. I recently had a family member pass away and she actually worked for um, like a Harrods buying. She used to buy for Harrods many, many, mm -hmm. many years ago. And this family member had about seven or eight wardrobes of shoes and clothes and jackets mm. and coats. And, and it's taken my other family member, basically, I'd probably say all of this year to go through the house. Yeah. And, you know, that they had like four skips. What happens to those skips? Oh my they, just gosh. To, they just get like they go to a, a, a workshop they they go through it all and mm. stuff can get recycled will get recycled I imagine they have a, a, a something to a charity I don't know but I mm. imagine a major part of the stuff that's in there will just go to landfill mm -hmm. and we have to ask the question what are we actually doing what legacy are we actually doing by recreating that we're, we're mm. not we, that that stuff is not stuff that people can sell and keep and love and adore that is stuff that people just dot cop see no re reason or purpose of and they just put spit in the cupboard it's forgotten about and then it's not used and that's like mass consumerism gone wrong right yeah definitely I mean any thoughts on any of that I've just don't like said so many things yeah no yeah you hit so <laughs> many good points and I, I wanted to say that um so society and, and capitalism kind of feeds off of women's insecurities because if you're happy with yourself then there's no money there but if you're unhappy in your skin then look at all this wealth of products that you can use to make yourself feel better and oh if you buy this then you'll look like this model and and it's ridiculous and it is like you said it's consumerism gone mad and um we just need to consciously buy things we need to stop thinking being a sucker for marketing and there's so many adverts and they're all kind of luring you in dragging you in and saying you need the stuff but you don't need that stuff because it's kind of trying to fill a hole to make you sort of feel better about yourself yeah um but you just bring back your power by by choosing where you're putting your money so that's the kind of the main thing you need to do your research about where you're putting your money and where you're you're buying your things because like you said when you 
when you have all of these things, where does it go afterwards? So you kind of have to think of the whole chain of um, the life, life cycle of this product. So mm. these, um, I kept on putting off buying shoes. I'm in my parents' house at the moment and I'm helping them get rid of all of this 25 years of stuff because they're moving house. And I'm in my old bedroom and there's a bag over there that is full of shoes throughout my life that I just refused to throw away because I just thought, well, what do I do with them? And I ended up trying to research how to get rid of all of these shoes. And there was a there was a place in America that recycles um, the soles of trainers to then create tennis court flooring because it's rubber and it oh, cool. makes so much sense. But there's no place in the UK that does that. And right. see those recycling bins, they're just going to be given to another charity. They're not actually recycled. They're just reused. So yeah, I was trying to think of ways of recreating these shoes. And there's um, you can make them into plant pots. You can put plants in them. They look really cute. Um, there was also a lady who's this incredible seamstress on Instagram. And uh, I have to remember her name and, and send it to you. But she creates these garments out of the top bits of Converse's and creates corsets from them and I was just oh, inspired cool. and I just thought I really need to make something like that because I've got a sewing machine myself and it's just it's trying to think of the life cycle of this product because you want to make sure that you're not going to be creating a bigger impact and, and you're going to lesser the you're you're going to kind of create more of a carbon footprint from mm. thing and do you need it and so you kind of got to think about um, if this product is biodegradable or if it can be recycled into something else before you purchase it. So then it's not just going to go into the ground afterwards and take 200 years to break down. So when I've recently seen, oh, this trainer or what did I say? It was, I can't remember if it was a, a trainer or a coat or something. Mm-hmm. And it's been made from recycled other garments or other stuff I can't remember exactly what it was made from yeah um is that it it, is that just like another way of like like charity where you take it to the charity shop but that's better than going to landfill at least it's Mm -hmm. the charity is benefiting from it someone else gets use of it but at the end of the day they could the person that buys it could have a consumer purchasing issue and mm. you know eventually they have a skip you know outside their house kind of thing yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and they might just you know hoard lots and lots of stuff it, but equally if it's re- from recycled products and you're buying that recycled product is that any better I think so yeah because I think um like with a charity shop um thing that you mentioned it's it's better to get something that's already existing in the sort of consumer chain because otherwise you're just going to buy a new thing that's just going to get put back into the that cycle and there's going to be there's already so many garments out there that are easily accessible and usable um and like you said they could be just existing in someone's wardrobe and they're not even being touched but if you're recycling something and making it into something else then that's still better than it getting thrown away because it would have just not been used otherwise so you're creating a usable garment or a usable product from something that just would have been put into landfill as well. And, and do you know, you, I don't know if you if you know this or not, um, but do you know the current sort of state of play when it comes to what the UK are doing for landfill? Because I, I sort of have heard in the past that they actually have sold our garbage to other countries. Mm. Is that true? Yeah, so. 
that did that was a thing i think a few years ago and they were selling it and they were putting them into these big tankers and sending them off to places like china and they then recycled them or did something over there but i think china then drew a line and said no we're not taking any more of your rubbish so now we're sitting here going what do we do with all of this junk we're literally only an island we can only dig so many holes to then put it in but i was speaking to someone the other day and i think that to reduce, as, as gross as it sounds, to reduce the impact of the, the landfills, we should go in there, retrieve the usable things from it and either recycle it or repurpose it because there's a huge problem with uh, metal leakage and, and kind of heavy metals in the soil because people just throw away car batteries without recycling them properly and then they leach into the ground. So these just become toxic waste dumps because people aren't recycling them properly. Let's talk about recycling. Um, mm -hmm. Now, my husband thinks that there's no point recycling. I, I'm going to set him up here like as a bad guy. It's not as bad <laughs> as that. Because he doesn't believe that they actually really, truly recycle it. He just thinks that they don't really, truly recycle everything that you put in the recycling. Now, we can got garbage as in like scrape the plate, orange peel. That goes to compost. I think most compost. So most people will get that and think, okay, that can happen quite easily. Mm -hmm. But in your household, household, unless you go put loads of stuff in your car, drive it to the local tip and you put the cardboard with the cardboard and the wood with the wood and the metal with the metal, mm -hmm. most people just end up putting in a black sack and putting it with their, with their, their, their weekly, yeah? That, that's that's yeah. what they end up doing. Mm -hmm. So he's just saying, oh, let's just do that because they don't actually bother recycling it anyway. And um, I, I'm like, I probably am not the best when it comes to what I buy. But what I do buy, I am meticulously putting it into categories of what's recyclable and what's not. And I try and massively, we've actually got two recycle bins because that's how much we recycle. But probably because I buy too much stuff with plastic, um, <laughs> which everything is just covered in plastic. Right. Yeah. Um, and I really should. And we can talk about this in a second as the next subject. Really should look at how I can start reducing my my, my, my plastic um, consumerism. Which mm. no, no, I really am conscious of it because we recycle that much of it but just what is the actual process does it depend on what county you're in in the UK as to how they process that plastic yeah so I think it's definitely dependent on what facilities are present in those councils and those local boroughs um it is impossible it is like a minefield because you've got to think of each plastic so the triangles that you get on the recycled packaging each has a number so each number is um, it's attributed to the different type of plastic. So you can get polyethylene or you can get um, polypropylene. And then there's all these different types of plastics, but it's dependent on what those recycling facilities are. So it is really difficult to finally find out what it is that you can recycle. I know that a lot of recycling plants struggle to, to recycle the coloured plastic because they don't have the, the right machines to do it. Um, but the biggest thing to just is just to refuse plastic and just to try and reduce the amount of plastic that you're putting into recycling. Because like you said, it's impossible to find out if it actually does get recycled. A lot of these companies are very, very touchy about people going to their recycling plants and actually seeing what they do in these plants because they're probably not fully recycling in it or they're just kind of sending it off to another company to to do the work for them 
And what happens with cardboard then? If plastic's a bit more difficult, but what happens with recycling cardboard? I think cardboard's a lot easier because it's just one source. So it's just wood pulp, essentially. Um, so it would probably get ground down, rinsed, and then um, sort of cleaned a lot. And then it would be repressed and, and made into something else or shipped off to a company that would make whatever they needed to make with it. But the the thing with cardboard and any sort of recycling is you can't contaminate it. It needs to be clean. So things like pizza boxes, you can't recycle because it's already contaminated with food waste and grease and things. So if you only rinse out your tins or your bottles, then chances are you could end up contaminating it. And then my mum actually experienced this with her next door neighbours. They put some food waste into her paper bin and the council refused to take it because they were like, it's been contaminated. So if you contaminate that and that gets into the bigger batch, then you've you've just stopped everything from being recycled, basically. So I have um, dogs and they have some tinned food. So we're talking two tins a day, mm-hmm. um, which I'm vegetarian. And so I wouldn't buy raw meat with and and cook raw, raw meat or anything like mm-hmm. that. So I'm, re- I'm comfortable with the tins. Yeah. Um, so if I don't rinse that tin out properly, Mm-hmm. and it got onto some of the other packaging would that mean that that tin and that other packaging would not get recycled it, dep- it would depend on the um, council probably if they're quite vigilant then very probably but um if not then they would you would hope that they'd then rinse it at the plant but if it's a, a quite a lot of food waste then yeah it probably would render it um unviable unfortunately <laughs> And then just go to landfill. So I guess my husband's not completely wrong in his comment then, because there seems to be a lot of, of, yeah. So how can we start to reduce our plastic and and packaging that we have coming in? So I do a Mm. weekly Sainsbury shop. It's delivered to my door. I hate going shopping. I don't like going around the shopping aisles. I (laughs) take the kids. It's annoying. So I have a delivery Um, and I buy apples and if I buy them loose they put them in a plastic bag um Mm. and they come in a tray which means there's no plastic bags we we choose not to have plastic bags we don't need all that plastic Mm -hmm. Um, but the food the apples still come in a little bag or even if I have bananas they put them in a little bag Mm. um so is there is there like a website that we you know people can go to that has better better options and you're not buying in that way or you know what what other options are there um i just try and so the main ones i'd recommend is try and find a local zero waste shop in your area because chances are you probably have one already um and then you just need to bring your containers you can fill as much as you want and then you just pay for what you you weigh basically so a lot of the the money that we're spending on produce is from the packaging so if you're not if you're eliminating packaging, then you're literally just buying the food that you need. Um, local grocers and um, veg shops and, and markets, they tend to have things loose. And then it literally just comes down to the to you, the buyer. You mm. just refuse it. And, and kind of when you go to the till, I always end up saying, no, don't put it in a plastic bag. Or you could get these really lovely uh, turtle bags, which are these knitted mesh bags. And you can just put them in those and then hmm. pay them and, and sort everything for you. But one well, I just Googled, um, mm-hmm. what did I Google? Um, I have to go back and find out what I've got. Zero waste shop near me. 
Mm -hmm. and um there's i'm in the southeast mm -hmm. and looking at the whole of the southeast um i'm not sure if it's going to search as i scroll out but um there's a few there's a couple in kent there's about 10 or so in london by the looks of things mm -hmm. there's one in essex and uh, there's one near seven oaks and some couple going back down into surrey so there's, yeah. last time i looked at this there was there was far less than that so that's mm. good, right? So the more we use these kind of shops, the more profitable it is, the more it becomes yeah. a thing, the yeah. more... So my question, so I found one that's near, mm -hmm. the nearest to me um, and I, I don't mind mentioning it. It's in Rochester and their website is called nakedproducts.co.uk mm. um, and they've got soaps and gift boxes and shampoo mm. bars and pads and dishes and bomb baths and toothpaste. Yeah, uh, shaving foam, beard oil, deodorants, washing up soap, um, something called Save Ocean Saver, all purpose mm -hmm. floor cleaner of some description, oh, okay. um, brushes, an eco egg. I don't know what that is. Produce um, <laughs> bags. Um, but it's not like it's okay. That's that's not, it's lots of products by the mm. sound of it, like um, soaps, and um, but it's not necessarily your favorite shampoo and those are the things that have come in lots of bottles like in my shower around my shower at the moment mm -hmm. I must have about seven or eight plastic bottles now yeah. I don't I, I should be refilling them so let's have an, an honest conversation too if those this particular shop that's near me I could mm -hmm. refill it right mm. I have a hand wash that you have as a refill that you fill up the smaller little bottles but that hand wash comes in a massive plastic bag <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. trying aren't they like they're trying to reduce their plastic by not having the plastic mm. bottle but at the end of the day it's still coming in a, in a big plastic bag um so yeah. we don't end up have we end up having to make compromises on the the products we want because they're not selling l'oreal or you know your favorite yeah. shampoo right yeah. um and, and so you've obviously gone through this how have you how have you experienced it we, we you, obviously we can make small steps mm -hmm. and and try different things I guess right so just trying different products yeah. and yeah because I think I I end up enjoying more products when I know that they've got a lower environmental impact so faith in nature is a massive one um so the the shop that I helped set up in Portsmouth uh, they have these massive refillable uh tubs kind of things of these different shampoos, different shower gels, conditioners and things. And, um, and it's lovely. And then like, some of them are really good, but you do need to sort of try around and, and find one that works for you. But it is like you said, it's a compromise. Cause I think um, if you can't find the shampoo that you want, but you want to be zero waste, then you go for whichever one kind of fulfills that need. Sure. And, and I've just checked out their websites. So they do conditioner, body wash, shampoo, um, mm. they, but they, there's, I can see plastic bottles. Yeah, so I think because the shop that we had, they they offered a refillable option. But I think Faith right. Nature are quite ethical in the sense that you use less chemicals, so it's less um, damaging for the environment. So it's right. possible to do everything. And plastic is amazing in the sense that it it allows us to do a lot of things. So as as bad as plastic can be it offers this sort of waterproof container and it's just easy to transport. So we're trying yeah. to kind of, um, get away from that because we have such a reliance on it, but it isn't mm. completely avoid. Yeah, sure. To a degree, right? Mm. Um, so what parent, what can parents do when it comes to their children and such like? Because we have 
plastic toys mm. we have there's so much that you know they're growing all the time you you can't necessarily make do with the trainers because they don't fit anymore yeah um, what are there any simple quick solutions that you would suggest second hand <laughs> second hand is great because um if i had kids um i would definitely just buy charity shop things hand-me-downs as much as your kids are going to hate you for having hand-me-down stuff mm-hmm. you'll, you'll feel better for it and they'll probably appreciate that you were trying to to make more of an environmental improvement when definitely i i am um, my, my i'm lucky a lot of my friends buy really nice stuff um and they then um always offer me and and let's bear bear in mind I'm not Mm. in a financial I am in a financial position where I can go and buy brand new this is not about um, hand-me-downs in the sense of you can't afford it Mm. Um, which when I was growing up I was a tomboy and my brother was three years older than me and Mm. I had hand-me-downs of everything apart from obviously knickers and pants (laughs) but um, I wore tracksuit bottoms jumpers I literally wore all of my you know brother's stuff and I didn't really think much of it because I was you know I was a tomboy anyway but there did come a point where I did feel like oh can I not have my own stuff Mm. um but so I I do get that to a degree but there's so much more choice I think these days and there was so much um in those days a bit of a I don't know not so much it wasn't so much of a popular thing to do to go into a charity shop right yeah um, it's trendy whereas, now <laughs> it's quite trendy now and it's quite a, a yeah. good thing to do um but my, my point was is that now I take t- take the things from my friends and I outwardly say to my mm. friends right yeah great give me what whatever you've got I'd mm. rather reuse that get it's got rips in it you know dirty and then throw it away um then you know then, then it hurt them doing the same thing yeah yeah, yeah re- reusing yeah. stuff definitely and mm-hmm. it's in clothes wise is there a way to recycle fabrics like easily because the recycling local council don't collect the, those fabrics right yeah but is there is there an easy way to recycle fabrics um well, let me actually show you something that i made because i'm quite okay. uh, textiles but um so just repurposing what you have already so this um is a top i cut this the other day but I made it into a vest top and this was literally a t-shirt it was like a long sleeve t-shirt that I made into a crop and this was the off cut and then I literally just cut holes in for the sleeves and it's a vest top perfect the easiest thing I've ever made so literally just repurposing the clothes that you already have is the number one advice that I could give with with recycling um because there's I always find that when you have things like socks um, socks they always end up getting the holes in the toes or the heel but the rest of the fabric is fine mm. um, I ended up making uh, reusable makeup wipes from the top part of the socks and they're, they're super soft really nice really comfy they get off all your makeup great yeah and you've just given this fabric a new lease of life because fabric itself is quite difficult to recycle because it's all been made into fibers already Mm. the recycling banks that you see like I mentioned they literally just take the clothes to a charity shop for them to reuse but mm. if it holes and it's ripped then they're not really going to take it so mm. you can make it into rags you can make it into the makeup wipes like I said you can there was something that my friend sent me that it was amazing it was she she showed this video where this person cut up all these tiny little bits of fabric and then stuck it onto kind of some backing and created a bikini top from it. 
and it was incredible and <laughs> all of these ways of doing things on um, on instagram instagram's great youtube is my savior when it comes to trying to find out new things of making things and just it's everywhere it's available everywhere domestica i keep on seeing advertised on instagram for repurposing clothes and um there's courses out there and everything but yeah there's the information is there we've just got to go and find go it and find it and i, I mean i'm i'm a busy mum i've got uh two horses two dogs a cat um you know I, it, you end up just rushing i literally am rushing from one thing to the next Mm-hmm. Um, I probably could use a sewing machine my nan taught me when I was tiny mm-hmm. um, but part of me is that you know we're sort of taught as business owners to outsource everything so mm-hmm. I'm not actually meant to I only do what which is makes me productive basically so mm-hmm. the idea of sitting and sewing or remaking something I think mm-hmm. it's got to be something that you enjoy doing otherwise you wouldn't yeah. naturally do it so my head's like, okay, who's in my local area that enjoys doing that, that wants mm. some extra money? Because surely that's a business in its own right. There's my business mind yeah, going. Totally. And I, I can really see, you know, in terms of investing um, as, a, as a society, as a community, I think that's where we need to start commu- um, investing in, in our local areas and pulling together mm. more because then that way we learn more about it, know what more opportunities are, and yeah. therefore potentially new businesses will be created and mm. new opportunities will be created and then we're creating a culture and a legacy for our children that's hopefully better right yeah definitely. I know I, there's a lot that I need to be doing and thank you for the inspiration and joining today oh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch my head and figure out <laughs> how I can stop having so much plastic in my house yeah, yeah. which you know every every little bit step by step right yeah, it's literally starting small and just taking one thing at a time and just trying to change one thing and then you've you've made a start and that's great. Great. And you never know, you might inspire somebody else, right? To do the same yeah, thing. Definitely. And, and that like, you know, I think you described it previously. Maybe we didn't record that first little chat, but I like like the way you described um, you know, you, it's like if you've got a particular charity event and mm-hmm. you know, like let's say cancer research is a massive, massive issue in the in, in the world. And your extra 500 pounds that you raise towards that cancer research is costing billions of pounds. You wouldn't not go and do that 500 pounds charity work because every little bit counts. Mm. And I think that's really a, a really powerful message in, when it comes to the environment and how we can do good to the planet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Any parting words before we go today, Zoe? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, so the things that you think um, before you reduce, reuse, and recycle is refuse. So refuse is the first thing. So just if you don't need it, don't buy it. Uh, try and make do with what you have. Don't kind of throw things away because you think that it's not zero waste and it's not eco. Try and use what you have. But then when you buy new stuff, just think about where it comes from and, and do your research. Fabulous. Thank you for joining us today. I'm sure lots of people are going to be really inspired. Yes, and so where, if anyone wants to sort of catch up with you, connect with you, where, where's the best place to do that? Um, so I have a science website on Instagram uh, called Little Ecozo Science. Um, so you can catch me on there. Um, I've got LinkedIn as well, Zoe Monday. And um, yeah, so connect with me on any of those platforms. 
fabulous well thank you so much for joining us today and um looking forward to seeing what else you get up to in the next uh, month or so yes definitely absolutely love that chat with zoe today and i'm certainly going to get me thinking about what i could be doing for the future and what i should be encouraging my children to be doing as well I'd love to hear back from you. What, how's that inspired you? What would that get you going? What would you, would you going to go and look for? And check out the blog for this podcast. We're going to be sharing some links of some of the companies that were mentioned. Um, thank you for joining us. And do go and check out my next um, webinar that's up and coming, um, likely to be around ethical investing or something around your finances. Go and check it out. And I'd love to hear from you soon. Take care. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.